0: Woo. Welcome to all. Wow, is that some worship or what? My word. <laughs> Holy moly. Promisers, welcome all of our campuses. So thrilled to have you guys with us this weekend. We love you. All of our physical locations, also our internet campus, welcome all of our missionaries and military and our folks that are traveling, others who worship with us. And we're thrilled to have you also. God behind bars, we love you guys. God's got a message for you this weekend at our GBB campus, and so we're thrilled. Just so excited. So excited. Hey, did some people get set free last weekend or what? Was that a move of God? My mercy. That was amazing. Now, I'm usually fired up about every sermon, and I'm fired up about every series, but I don't think I have been more excited than I am in this series about the kingdom of God. It is, it is such a, it is so central in the theme of the New Testament. And I don't know why we don't preach on it more. Because this, this is what we're going to get out of this series, one of the many things. You know, if you go back to like World War World War II. They encoded their messages so that the enemy could not get their transmissions. You know what I'm talking about? And they were always trying to break the enemy's code. So they were looking for the key to break the code. Well, if you want the key to break Christ's code in the New Testament, one of the absolute vital pieces is to understand the kingdom of God. And so we're going to dive into that. It's summer. And uh, wow, the house is packed. God is moving. We are going to dive deeper into this topic than any topic we've ever dove, dived, divin that we have ever gotten into before. And so we are, man, we're, we're just going gonna to get in there. And in that, even God behind bars, let me tell you, you guys can advance the agenda of God and the kingdom of God at Bledsoe County. God wants to use you guys to make a difference in that place. Y'all believe that? Man, we believe it. I've always been shocked as I talk to believers who say, "I don't, Pastor, the Christian life is boring." So let me let me help you understand that because it's a struggle uh, for a lot of people. If you if the Christian life is boring to you, you're not living it because there's nothing boring about being making a difference in the kingdom of God. So we're going to boot boring, and we are going to understand the joy. And the victory and the purpose and power that God has. So what we're going to do. We're going to saddle up this summer, all the month of June. We're going to saddle up, and we are going to set out on a quest to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And anybody ready for that? Is anybody ready? All right. Now, when we, when if you go to the up back, Jesus called the kingdom of God. He talked about the mysteries because they really were veiled in the Old Testament but Jesus unlocks the mysteries to the kingdom of God and lays it out but so many people miss it now when we think of the when we think of a kingdom we think of I think of a castle When you think of a kingdom you think of a castle the word kingdom in the greek is is basileia which we get the word bastille or bastion a fortress or a castle and so we think about the kingdom of God, we think, about it, we think about a castle. Because there's not many kingdoms left in the world today, really. There's the United Kingdom, but you don't call it United Kingdom, you call it Great Britain or England. So there's not a lot of kingdoms. And so thanks to guys like George Martin, you might know who he is. George Martin. Uh, how about Walt Disney? J.R. Tolkien. See, because those guys, we begin to see kingdoms, but the kingdoms that we get from those guys are our imagination. Are they're on television screen, or books, or movies. Anybody know anything about the seven kingdoms? Anybody get that? How about the kingdoms of the Middle Earth? Anybody get that? Oh, hey, there we go. How about, how about the magic kingdom? Oh, yeah, you get that one. That's where the mouse is hungry. And the mouse must be fed, and he is an expensive little dude. If, you are, if you're my age or older, you remember the kingdom of Camelot. Remember that? The King, King Arthur, the round tab. You remember that? Now, last weekend, we showed you a man on the street or a man at faith promise, men and women, an interview in which the interviewer asked one question, what do you think about when do you think about the kingdom of God? And, and everybody paused. Y'all remember that? One thing that every single person had when they answered that question is they all viewed the kingdom of God as futuristic. Nobody saw the kingdom of God as today. The kingdom of God is heaven. The kingdom of God is out there. The kingdom of God is somewhere. The kingdom of God is out there in the sweet by and by. You know, we're just enduring here on this planet until we get to the kingdom of God. Let me give you a thought out of George Eldon Ladd's book, The Gospel of the Kingdom. Quit waiting on the kingdom to come to live everlasting life because the kingdom has already come. Now, the confusing thing about the kingdom, and if you read kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, there's about 150 different references in the New Testament. Out of 27 books, that's a lot of times. And so it's all through. It's it's, it's everywhere. Jesus says the kingdom has come. Jesus said the kingdom is near. You miss it. It's all through there. So for us in in the church today in the 21st century, when someone says the kingdom has come, frankly, that's a shocking revelation for thousands of us this weekend. So our theme verse for this series for the next four weeks is Matthew chapter six verse thirty-three. But seek ye second his kingdom. Seek ye in in your in your free time, his kingdom. Seek ye first, or seek ye after work, his kingdom. Seek what? Excuse me, what? Okay, this is a command from our king. If you're born again, then he is the king of the kingdom. Seek ye first his kingdom. And his righteousness, that's the number one priority in all of our lives. It's supposed to be. It, is that how 10,000 promisers that we have on a monthly basis, do you think those 10,000 promisers, the kingdom of God, is the number one thing in their, in their seven days a week? Absolutely not. And that's why the Christian life is boring. See, but we said, and all these things I'm going to add to you. Right here is our attention, our focus, all these things. See, all these things that God promised is what we worry about. This is is where we spend our time. He said, seek ye first his kingdom. Nope, nope, nope. Seek ye first all these things that are going to be added. That's, That's how our focus, seek ye first. Jesus' most popular sermon he ever preached, it sold more CDs than any sermon Jesus ever preached. And that was the Sermon on the Mount. In Eugene Peter's translation, the message, he said, and Jesus climbed the mountain, And his climbing companions climbed with him. And so there he preaches the Sermon on the Mount. We find it in several places. But in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, we find the Sermon on the Mount. It's the most complete sermon that Jesus gave that we have recorded in the Bible. Jesus walks into people's messy everyday lives. And we got some messy everyday lives happening this weekend, don't we? Jesus walks in the midst of that and looks and says this. You have a faulty focus. And because you have a faulty focus, you're going to live with anxiety, worry, fear, and frustration. Now let me ask you a question. Do you think of the 7,000 people this weekend most of us are living in worry, anxiety, fear, and frustration? Would you agree with that? Absolutely, because just like they had a faulty focus, so do we. Their focus was on everything that they needed every day. But this is what Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 25. For this reason, I say to you, do not be what? worried. There it is. You can stop. Matter of fact, listen, if you just have to worry, uh, I've got a perfect solution. Pick one evening, pick an hour a week and put it on the calendar. Thursday night, 10 o'clock, worry until eleven. And this one, when people say, what are you doing? Don't bother me. What are you doing? Man, I am worrying. Stop. Leave me alone because, man, I am born. In, and then after 11, stop. Because you worry a lot more than an hour, don't you? Excuse me. I will come to your house and point this. So he said, don't be worried about your life as to what you will eat. Come on. How much time do we spend? Listen, at breakfast, we're talking about supper. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, or or your body as to what you're going to put on it. How much time do we say? I don't have a thing to wear. Are you with me? With a closet full of clothes, I don't have anything. I'm so. What am I going to wear? Nobody cares. (laughs) As to what you're going to put on it, nor is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes. Come on. He goes picks it up in verse thirty-one. Do not worry then, saying, what will I eat? What will I drink? What will I wear? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Oh, my. For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. Listen, Gentiles is another word for lost people, people outside the kingdom. Lost people are only worried about what they're going to eat, what they're going to wear, what they're going to live, what I need. Believers are not supposed to do that. And yet, is that not what we do? See, the theme for this year is without faith it's impossible, to please God. And if we had faith, God already promised I'm gonna provide all this stuff, didn't he? And yet it still takes all of our focus and our attention. For your heavenly father knows that you need these things. I got that. God says, I got this. Let's be real. This is where we spend most of our attention, is it not? Worried, retirement, money, stock market. Who's going to be elected? What am I going to do? See, we, we, this gets our attention because we live in this world, this eon, this age that we find ourselves and It's dominated by what I need. I got to have a house. I got, to have, I got to have a job. What if, what if I lose my job? What if the stock market drops? What about Obamacare? What about, what about, what about, what about, what? And so we spend our lives worried, frustrated, fear, and anxiety, right? And we don't seek you first, the kingdom of God. So now we live boring lives. Because we're not focused on the kingdom of God. We're focused on, well, what about the paycheck? And what about my rent? What about, what about, didn't God say, I'm going to provide everything you need? Was God lying? Okay. Then we, we're going to, this weekend's going to be transformative in this church. Now, we're in a, an election year. Gotta love that. Hey, what are the politicians promising? I'm going to take care of you. Y'all feeling the burn? Feeling the burn, baby? Come on. Every millennial in the house is going to vote for the burn. Why? Because the burn's going to pay off all your school loans. Oh, yeah. All of us that are working are going to pay your school loan that you didn't work. So vote for the burn. Vote for the burn. Feel the burn. Come on, feel the burn. The Hillary. Oh, she's going to take care of you, too. She's going to provide for Everybody. See, the reason the people are mad at the president, because they thought they were going to get a check when he got elected. And they're waiting on their check. Are you with me? Now, are you Democrats are mad. Hold up, I'm an equal opportunity basher. Republicans are coming too. You can tell who you're for because you laugh on the other two, but this one, whoever you're for, you're mad at when I talk about that one. So what's the Donald promising? I'm going to make America great again. I'm gonna fix the nation. Everybody's gonna have a job and I'm gonna build a wall. What are, they, what are they all three promising? I'm gonna take care of you. Papa, pop, I'm the government, I'm here to help. <laughs> Crap on me. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> if you're mad, you're gonna get glad, so get over it, really. Here's the deal. The Bible does not say, listen, turn your eyes upon the White House from the Oval Office from whence your help cometh. (laughs) The Bible says lift up your eyes to the hills for God is where my strength and help comes from. Listen, you wanna make America great again? Put God back on the throne in our nation. Wow, my mercy. Now, Jesus is talking to followers. He said, you guys are worried. He said, I'm going to take care of all that stuff. So what we're going to do in this series, we're going to learn. Listen, we're going to learn. If you're listening, say, I am, I am. To advance God's agenda, not my own. And we're going to learn not to fall prey to the present age in which we find ourselves, where everybody is only worried about what am I going to eat, where am I going to live, what am I going to wear, what am I going to do? Are you with me? We who are, we who are born again... We are soldiers of the kingdom of God. And let me tell you, when you're a soldier of the kingdom of God, life is thrilling. When you get up every morning, you get, on your, get your Bible and get on your face, and you say, God, it's a brand new day, and I surrender to the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to walk victorious today, and God, I can't wait. Man, I am so thrilled Use me today. I'm your missionary. I'm your ambassador. I'm your representative. I'm your hands and feet. I can't wait to see, God, what you're going to do today. But you say, well, wait a minute, Pastor, I hate my job. You don't have a job, you have a mission field where they pay you to come. Right. Every one of us. Say, I said, I like my neighbors. They are your mission field. You say, but I'm in school. I hate school. School's a mission field. You say, well, I'm what about my ball team? Your mission field. If you would see yourself 24-7 as an ambassador, a representative of Jesus, life would take on a whole new meaning. See, people look at me and say, well, I love to have his job. His is spiritual. All of our jobs are spiritual. Are you with me? Because you're an emissary of Jesus. You are to bring light into the darkness everywhere you go. And listen, don't be rocked and shocked when you bring the light in and everybody doesn't love the light. Jesus said, "The darkness is evil, and they hate the light. They hated me. By the way, they're going to hate you. If nobody hates you, might not be shining much light. Lot of chameleons going to church that we blend in with our surroundings. I'm at church. I'm praising. I'm at work, man. I'm somebody else. Are you with me? Come on. Is somebody. Are y'all still? Are y'all still here? The, the Bible." Translators many times translate the word eon, the Greek word eon, into the world. Instead of age, eon is an age. And so when we think about that the devil is the prince of power of this world, he is of this eon, of this present, of this present evil age. See, from the time that Adam and Eve gave dominion from themselves to the devil... It's been, a, it's been an evil eon. It's been a wicked world. Are y'all with me? Dominated by the devil and our, fo- our faulty focus on what do I have to have to take care of me? And then what happened 21 centuries ago? Jesus burst forth into time and split time, BC and AD. Now, if you go to college now, they'll say that means before the common era, BC means before Christ. A.D. after dominion. His dominion. What? It is a new kingdom has entered, invaded this. And so if you see the kingdom of God is only futuristic, you are not going to realize that you are a soldier of that kingdom. You're going to say, well, I'm just trying to get by until Jesus comes, gets me. No, you're to be salt and light until he comes. And then those of us that are living and, and serving the king will reign with him for a thousand years. Then there'll be last battle. And then the kingdom of God will be fully in, and he will put it into all of his enemies. See, if you see the kingdom of God as only futuristic, you miss all the purpose and all the power perspective that you have today. Seek ye what? What? First, the kingdom of God. And all this other stuff, I'm going to take care of. All this other stuff that I got. Listen, I credit the universe. I got your rent. All right, listen. One of the greatest fears is people run out of battery on their iPhone. Come on, I, I got this. I want to walk in the kingdom of God and make a difference. to y'all? Anybody here want to make a difference? So the kingdom's here, and the kingdom's coming. The kingdom's here, it's coming. The kingdom of God has invaded this presentation. Now, remember we, we, we talked about castles, the, the in the Greek, and we get our word bastille from. Now, what, right outside the wall, what's, what surrounds a castle right outside the wall? Or what? A moat. That's right. Now, what's a moat for? A moat is to protect the inhabitants of the kingdom. A moat is to keep invaders out of the kingdom. Does that make sense? So there's, there's a deal. Well, that, that, that creates a, problems a, a problem in a lot of people's minds, so think about that. So here we are, those of us, you know, that are not saved are outside the kingdom of God, and, and, and we, we look at God and we say, but Why did you build the moat, God? It's not fair that you built the moat, God. It's not right. Doesn't God want everybody to be saved and and none to perish in his will? Then why why can't everybody just come in? Why did God dig the stinking moat? God didn't dig the moat. See, the moat's made after the castle was built. God built the kingdom, and we dug the moat. The moat is our sin, the prophet Isaiah said, Behold, your sins have made, a, have made a separation between you and your God. Your sins have hidden His face from you that He will not hear. Romans said, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. None of us are righteous, no, not one. Would y'all agree with that? See, we've all blown it. We've all sinned. And so God wants us in the kingdom, and yet we dug a moat so that we couldn't get in. Oh, do I have some good news? God provided. A drawbridge for you to cross over the moat and into the kingdom of God. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the bridge. I am the life. I am, I am, and I am. Jesus built a bridge by his blood and his life Over the moat that we dug, our sins separated us. But God so wanted you and I into the kingdom with him. He so wanted us to spend forever with him, not apart from him, that Jesus came and died on a cross and said, Hey, all you that are labor, heavy laden, come on across because I love you. Come on in. That's the love of the great God that we serve. Does anybody get that? Now, 7,000 of us this weekend. Listen, there's a lot of us that have never crossed the drawbridge. Oh, we've gone to church. We're religious. We've said prayers. We've done religious things. But we have never gone across this drawbridge and been forgiven and made brand new on the inside. And this is what happens today. It grieves me. See, we, we, we reject Jesus. And then we complain that we're not in. Does that make sense? We're we're on the outside looking in, those of us that are not born again, angry at God that there's not four drawbridges. When in the gracious love of our Heavenly Father, he built a bridge by his Son so that you and I could enter into the kingdom. Today is the day of salvation for some people. They're going to cross this drawbridge in a minute, and you will never be the same. Are y'all with me? Never, ever, ever, ever be the same. See, those of us that have crossed the drawbridge, we are, we are citizens of the kingdom. When you are born again, you get a passport and it stamped with the red-blooded Jesus, citizen of heaven, and it never expires. It never expires. And so now we're citizens of the kingdom. Now we live in this wicked world, this evil eon, right? But we now no longer worry about what everybody else worry about. Now we are, the kingdom of God has invaded this wicked world, and we are ambassadors of heaven. We're advancing his agenda, not our own. See, once we begin to get a hold of the kingdom of God, the complex issues of the Bible, like eschatology, end time study, when's he coming back? Are you pre-millennial, post-millennial, pan-millennial, om-millennial? What about all these big ologies? Listen, when you get the kingdom of God, they all begin to get very simple. The complex theologies that we men have created and women get simple in the light of the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the apostle Paul says, For as in Adam all die, we were all born dead into sin, all born because we got Adam's and Eve's DNA. So also in Christ all will be made alive, but each one in his own order. Christ the first fruits. I, listen, we, I could spend 30 minutes. Have you ever, you ever grown fruit? You ever had a fruit tree in your yard? Plum, an apple. Think about it, man. It's been all year, and the first ripe fruit. Everything else is green, but that first peach you pull off, it is so sweet, so delectable, so wonderful. Jesus is the first fruit. After that, those who are Christ's at his coming, then comes the end. When he hands over the kingdom to God, the Father, and when he has abolished, Jesus has abolished all rule and all authority and all power. This is what we battle against in this evil eon, the rule and authority and powers. For he must reign until Jesus, he must reign until he has put all of his enemies under his feet. In the Bible times, when a king defeated another king, the defeated king would lay down and the conqueror would put his foot on the neck looking down at the face of the defeated king. Jesus put his foot on the neck of our enemies. Come on, he did. The last enemy that will be abolished is what? I can't wait for death to die because I hate death. Don't y'all? I hate death. I can't wait for it. See, at the cross, the kingdom of God Invaded this evil age that for 21 centuries the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness have battled. But our king rose victorious. Our king is the victor. He overcome death, overcame death, hell, and the grave, and he is ruling and reigning. That's what he does. Now, once you to get this, of the Old Testament guys, all these guys had the whole Bible memorized, all miss Jesus. Why did they miss him? Because they were looking for an earthly king that was going to defeat the Romans. And in the line of David, another son of David would take over the throne and would establish a worldwide rule right from Jerusalem all over the globe. So when Jesus came not as a ruler but as a suffering servant, they rejected him. Not only did the religious people, but the disciples missed it too. The disciples were arguing all the time about who was the what. Greatest. John's mom came and said, hey, listen, Jesus, when you establish the kingdom, I need John and I need my two boys. One on your right hand, one on your left. I even want to be vice chancellor and want to be vice president. Of the rest of the disciples, they could be on the you know they can be on the chief, you know on the staff. But I need my boys, and all of them argued. Hey, I'm going to be this. Are y'all with me? Because every disciple that followed Jesus believed he was going to call down an army of angels, defeat the Romans, and so he was going to be the victor, the king, the conquering hero. So therefore, when Jesus dies on a cross. All the people that loved him most, all those disciples bolted because their dreams were dashed. And here's what we got to get to. If you're listening to Sam, we cannot let our paradigms blind us like their paradigms blinded them. They, too, were looking, no matter what Jesus said, they could not get past a conquering hero that would make a Davidic line and would make Israel back the, the primary power of the world. So he dies. They all freak out. They quit. They missed it. But guess what? 21 centuries later. Hey, tell me about the kingdom of God. It's way out there. It's not today. It's way out there. Old Testament missed it. The disciples missed it. And the church is still missing it. Because if we get this concept that we are emissaries of the kingdom of God, empowered by God, our lives will be, we will be a force what if ten thousand promisers this month got this, and began seeking first the kingdom of God, first? We would be a force that hell would tremble. Listen, remember, remember, John, John, John is now in prison. I mean, he's in prison; had had his head cut off. Jesus' cousin, who said, "Hey, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world." He sent one of his boys said, "Hey, go ask Jesus. Are you really the one?" Because I'm waiting for what? A worldly ruler. And Jesus, it doesn't look like me, like you're massing an army. Go ask Jesus if he's the one. And Jesus, hey, go back tell big time John. The dead are raised. The blind see. The lame are healed. Demons are cast out. And I'm preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. See, Jesus invaded with supernatural power. And can I just give you a uh, a newsflash? If you're a believer, you're supposed to walk in that kind of power too. You're supposed to be able to pray for the sick. You're supposed to be able to cast out demons. You're supposed to be able to walk under an open heaven. But see, the problem is this. Listen. I got all this stuff. You don't understand, Pastor. I got a house note. I'm not sure I can make it. I got a car note. I got dirty diapers. I got to clean. And I'm not sure if I'm going to keep my job. And if, if Hillary gets elected or if Donald gets elected, I'm moving to Canada. And I don't know. And I don't know. And I don't know. And I don't know. What's it? forget it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. All that other stuff. It's all going to burn up Anyway. See, crossing that drawbridge, that wasn't about just getting your sins wiped away. Crossing that drawbridge was about entering into the kingdom of God. It's about putting on some armor. It's about getting some power. It's about walking in the darkness. It's about being the light. It's about winning your family. It's about making a difference forever. Come on. See, the prince and the power of this air, the devil fears you fears you because you have the power of God inside you. And we miss it every day because we're so stinking faulty in our focus. Does this make sense? Some of us are more worried about the weeds in our garden than people, whether they're going to heaven or hell forever. Let me tell you what Satan's primary MO is. His primary desire is not the corruption of your morals, nor is it to make you an atheist, nor to produce enemies of religion. Satan's basic desire is to keep you from Jesus. His basic desire is to keep you from crossing that drawbridge. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse three and four says this. And even if our gospel is veiled, the good news is veiled, that people can't see it, it is veiled or blinded to those who are perishing. People are not yet born again. In Ku's case, the God of this world has blinded the eyes of the unbelieving so that they would not see the light of the gospel and the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. That's why when you talk to your friends about what happened at church and they look at you like you got a big third eye on your forehead, where well, you're one of those weak people and the religion is a crutch and I can't believe you and you would actually give your money and the church is a Charlotte and that big faith promise over there, they just want your money. That preacher over there, he just wants to drive a Corvette or build a house and they don't care about people. All they care about numbers. Anybody ever heard any of that? Go on the line and check about me. It's really nice. I have never read it, nor will I. People come saying you can't believe what they say about you. Don't care. Why would I listen to lies when I know the truth? Are you with me? Come on. But our family and friends who say those things are blinded to the glory of the gospel of Christ, which is the image of God. They're missing it. And the greatest height of warfare is to see God take off their blinders of them, cry out to Jesus, and be gloriously born again. That's what we do. We are seeing people transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's marvelous Son, His light, His love. That's what we do. That's why we give. That's why we serve. That's why we rally every weekend and wave our banners and celebrate King Jesus. And we get every weekend small groups and we pray for each other and hold each other accountable. And we grow and we are warriors and we are marching out. We are not stuck in this stinking world by just stuff. We are serving the resurrected King of glory. That's what we do. So Satan does everything he can do to subvert the kingdom of God because he knows the power that you have. Now, that's for believers. If you're not a believer yet, or you're not sure where you are, the drawbridge is your first step, the drawbridge. Jesus said, I'm the door, I'm the gate, I'm the drawbridge, I'm the deal. See, See, crossing this bridge of forgiveness, you enter the kingdom of God and you become somebody new. So if you're ready to begin a relationship with Jesus, you're, you're, you're done with a mundane life and you're ready to live a transformed life. You're ready to have your sins forgiven, your name written in heaven with every head bowed and every eye closed. Here we go. Man, this is the deal. Let's pray this for me. Say, dear Jesus, I know i sinned and I am so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and master. I will serve you and I will serve your kingdom in Jesus' name, and all God's people said. Now let me answer, let me me give you, hey, what is the kingdom of God? What is it? What's the kingdom of God? It is God's rule and God's reign in this age and in the age to come. Let me get more specific to your seat. It is God's rule and God's reign in your heart and in your home as it is in heaven. Lord, your will be done in my heart, in my home, as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Are y'all with me? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That is, that is his rule in your heart, his rule in your home. That's why the Bible says that if you will confess Jesus as what? Lord, as king of your life, then, and then you're going to be saved. So in the next three weeks, you know what we're going to do? We're going to uncover some mysteries of the kingdom of God, and it is going to rock the house. Dude, don't want to miss a thing of it. Are you all with me? If you're going on vacation, great. Have a great time. Get on the Internet. Don't miss one. Let me tell you one more thing. I'm already, I'm already, I'm already about to roll over time. Y'all got to listen faster. Can you do it? Come on, say, we're in. Then At night, Nicodemus comes to see Jesus. He comes at night. Because he's a religious leader and he's afraid of all the people, what they'll say about him. So he comes to Jesus and he said, what have I got to do to get to heaven? He said, you got to be born again, John 3, 3. And Nicodemus said, whoa, I'm an old man. I climb back up at my mom and come back out again. What are you talking about? And then Jesus said, are you the religious leader of Israel and you're clueless? He said, oh, my mercy, man, you got a long way to go. And so Jesus is, is there. Now, the word Nicodemus means victor over the people. The victory over the people was the first one to ever hear, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. These words rocked Nicodemus, ruined ruined him. See, let me tell you what just happened. The victory over the people met the one that was the victorious over the grave. The man of the law, Nicodemus, had the whole Old Testament memorized. This guy was working his way. The man of the law met the man of grace. And the man of the law who spent his whole life trying to cross a, a bridgeless moat, trying to get good enough so that he would enter the kingdom of heaven, so that he would try to be good enough in his own, what he learned is law could never lower the drawbridge, but the love of God will always drop the bridge for anyone. Come on unto me, all you that are weak and heavy laden. Well, man, I don't know about y'all, but I love this stuff. Man, aren't you glad you came to church this weekend? Matter of fact, you didn't come to church. You are the church. We came to worship the king who's waving a banner in heaven and who loves you and has got an unbelievable power and plan that he wants to walk to you. Now, next weekend, are you ready? This gonna make some of y'all mad. Are you ready? The title of the message next week is The Game of Thrones. somebody say what's that don't worry about it (laughs) here's the deal there's a war of thrones the war of thrones oh holy moly you don't want to miss it now here's the deal be done in just a second in your seat is a round card that says you matter in the month of june or for the next five weeks we're going to put a new card in your seat every week and so i want you to do this is not easter where you take an unroll roller, roll of toilet paperwork and roll this back up in it, so when somebody that goes in there, they pull the toilet and that falls on the ground, that's not how we use this. <laughs> I know what y'all do, I got y'all, here's the deal. I want you to prayerfully give this to a friend or family member who needs to be here in this series. She so just prayerfully say, you, you matter to me and I wanna invite you to come, I'll buy you lunch, I'll buy you brunch, Saturday night, I'll buy you dinner, whatever. I want, to, I want to invite you. So everybody take one. Just take one. Not asking you about 50. Prayerfully ask who God wants you to bring. Every campus. We're passing them out at every campus. Are y'all, are y'all ready? Listen. What might God do in this series? Now, there's all 10,000 of us. But what might he do in your chair when you begin to seek ye first the kingdom of God? Wow. You are a weapon in the hand of God. You're not a wimp. You're a warrior. You're not a loser. You're a winner. You're not defeated. You are victorious. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how you've lived. Today is a new day. Yesterday really did end. Last night today really is a brand new day. And you are going to walk in victory in the light and the love of the gospel of the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, receive it and walk in it. We love you guys. Be blessed. See you all next weekend.